I started Coffee with Humans as a way to make meaningful connections. See, I believe when people on individual journeys cross paths, real good can come from that. And in that sacred moment, we have the opportunity to do three things. Name reality and describe the future we want. Destroy things for our good by moving on from that which no longer serves us. Create or recreate ourselves, moving us to the reality we describe. That's the essence of coffee with humans, making the world a better place. One conversation at a time. Well, good morning. We are live here with my friend Sean. I'm going to say Weisbrot. Brot? That's the, the correct American pronunciation. Yes. Okay. What is it? What's the real, what's, what's the pronunciation you prefer? Well, so I use this pronunciation with people that are outside of America, uh, mostly Europeans, and so the it's actually German. So the pronunciation would be Weisbrot. Weisbrot. Brot. Brot. Kind of. So the the translation to English actually means white bread, and uh, what this most likely means is that my ancestors were bakers. That's awesome. Plus, yeah. Um. It reminds me of the of uh, what was the rapper like a rapper name? White bread. That would be your rapper name. Okay. I don't know what my rapper name would be. I know my stripper name. Okay, what would your stripper name be? I'll bite. <laughs> you, you ever you ever done that one? It's the it's your um the the what is it the. The animal that you had when you were growing up and the street name that you grew up on. I don't remember the name of the street, and I think it was a number. Miami used to use numbers, not names. Oh, man. So you- <laughs> I'd be like, fish, fish 119. That's that's like that would be my stripper name, I guess. That's that's awesome. Mine is um, Snooky Chatsworth. OK, that's. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I think that a lot of people would be very confused when they entered. The, if they saw the name on the marquee and they went inside to see you, they would be confused probably. I Maybe. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I look like a Snooky Chatsworth. But no, that's what I'm saying. In drag, maybe. Maybe with a little bit more. Maybe like dreadlocks. I think you need dreadlocks. To oh, pull my that God. Off. That would be that would be interesting. I've had no hair for a long time, though. I my hair started falling out in my late twenties. R.I.P. I'm sorry. I know it was epic too. I was on a I was in a well, it wasn't epic. I mean, the hair doesn't fall out epically. <laughs> Very slowly, it starts to ask you this question of where do you want to go today? Because I'm not going in the same direction. Yes, each hair is a falls out questions your pride i i was standing in a uh, lake um and i i was you know you can imagine it i was coming up out of the lake and i ran my hands through my hair and i was like and i looked at my hands it's oh my gosh hair is falling out and i was very concerned and i went up to my family and i think my my parents too and and because we're on family vacation and i was like Guys, I think there might be something wrong, like in the lake or something. My hair is falling out. <laughs> and they were like, mm, you didn't know? I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, your hair has been thinning. It's kind of thinning up top and in the back. And I was like, are you kidding me? They're like, mm-hmm, it's been doing that. I was like, oh, no. And then it, and then it just kind of proceeded that way. It was like I go through periods of time where there was – you know, that wouldn't happen. And then all of a sudden hair would kind of come out. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that it either happens like early twenties, mid forties, or probably never. If so, like maybe late seventies, early eighties, something like Mm -hmm. that. So it's, it's really hard to tell, but you have to look at your parents. So if your father or your grandparents, 
or I mean, hopefully your grandmother has hair, but if like your grandfather's had hair, then uh, chances are you're okay. Like my dad's 63 and he's always had a full head of hair and uh, I never met his father. His father died a long time ago before I was born. Um, my mom's father's been bald, but thankfully I didn't get his genes. So hmm. I have, I've come from, well, so what is it? It's on the father's side, you said? Or is it the I mean, side? it doesn't really, I, I think, okay. it, I think it could be either one really. I, I think I just got lucky. I take after my uh, dad's side a bit more. No, that's good. My mom's side is all really short. <laughs> I like, my they're, my they're, mom's side yeah. is extremely hairy. Like 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 Amazonian hairy? Well, women. I, my brother I sh- this is live. My brother is very hairy. Like Amazonian. It's all right. Like an Amazonian all, woman, I think that's what you said. <laughs> if if I were to let my chest hair grow out like it I did when I was in high school, it would be like no. this long. It's crazy. Like I, my well, whole family is down? also crazy. You trim it. Yeah, I yeah. There's no way I that. I can. I started doing that, but it gets so wiry that it's something. It sometimes sometimes like it sticks through Just my shirt. Keep shaving it. Just keep shaving it. <laughs> well, now I am. I'm just like. <laughs> Keep on. It's not totally. It's this is a weird conversation. You drug me into this. Hey man, this this is this is your show. I'm just <laughs> I'm just having a good time here. You're like, why is this happening? So tell me, where are you located? Look, I'm in. I'm outside Chicago. I'm in Vietnam. Are you really? Yeah, I'm in Ho Chi Minh City. Some people call it Ho Chi Minh City. I call it Saigon. I don't really like to promote communism, and Ho Chi Minh was the name of the communist leader, so I just call it Saigon. Oh, I'll just skip over all that history part. That's cool. How long have you been there? I've been in Saigon for three years, and I was in mainland China for 10 years before that. Wow. But clearly you're not Chinese. Nope. I am white. White as you can get. I am pale white. Yeah. Well, the camera is putting a nice more pale than me. The camera is putting a nice tan on your face. Yeah, I I think I may be a little bit less pale than you. No offense. (laughs) I think it's I think it's the but it's like winter in Chicago. Here, I'm going to put this over here, and you're going to see. Oh, I get no. You're you're still. See, look at that. If I put that window down, I kind of darken up a little bit. It's winter in like <laughs> Chicago. I mean, it's all right. I understand. And like, you've probably been in your house for the last few months, so you're probably not able to get much sun, anyways. That's you know what? Absolutely. I think that co- I think the COVID has affected that. I wonder if there's a if if somebody was more more present during the the beginning of COVID. I wonder if somebody would have uh, thought to measure measure uh, the tan levels. The average tan levels around the country, around the world. Well, I, I don't think that's necessary, but it's very clear from science that lack of exposure to the sun, which naturally gives you vitamin D, will actually, you know, make it more likely that people get depressed because vitamin D makes you feel alive. We're kind of like plants, you know. Plants need to get sun in order to create. Um, I think it's chlorophyll. And so we're kind of like plants where we need the sun to feel good. And if we go for long periods of time without getting sunlight, we'll like go nuts almost. We'll just That's be true. like, Rah! and so, uh, you know, these lockdowns are really bad for everybody because it's not helping mental health. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a lot of bad. I'm, I'm not for or against lockdowns. Um, but I am curious as to who the hell came up with the name lockdown because it sounds like we're just putting you in jail. You're all just on house arrest, you know. <laughs> they were going to call it waterboarding, but that was already taken. Mm. No, yeah, that Too wouldn't soon? have sounded good. That wouldn't have sounded good. No, no. See, I I agree with you. Vitamin D is necessary. Vitamin D also is uh, necessary for uh, immune systems. So lack of vitamin yeah. D will cause immune system issues. Which is why there's such a massive surge in people getting infected because their immune systems are disrupted. Maybe. 
you know, plus it's the a, rioting it's really, and all of the other stupid shit that Americans are doing right now. It's a contributing factor for sure. Yeah. In fact, yeah. for, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere uh, who tend to be locked down during the winter because it is friggin' cold outside, our vitamin D levels drop precipitously, and that's that's a contributing factor to us getting sick and having flu and that type of stuff in the wintertime. It's, and also uh, well studying a lot of kids. That's true. That's that I think is a I think that's a causation and effect problem to attribute lack yes. of, loss of lack of vitamin D to more children. <laughs> no, I meant the being locked down in winter leads to more children being born in mass in uh, like the summertime <laughs> That's or fall time true. of the next year. That is uh, very true. Yes. Uh, I So you asked me before the show how many people watch this, which is a very yeah. good question. Uh, in total, within the first week, there will probably be 200, 250 views ish. Okay. Something like that's more that. than my show. Um, well, that's okay. This is no, this is a no judgment zone and no shame. No, I'm saying area. like, it's, it's cool. Like it's more, more people than my, my shows. So like, it's, it's good. I like it. What's your show about? My, so I do an audio-only podcast about entrepreneurship, and uh, we talk a lot about mental health and uh, self-awareness, meditation, uh, just a lot of things that people don't really put together oftentimes, and that especially entrepreneurs really need help with because they're expected to go for years on end running these companies and growing them and trying to make profit for shareholders and all this, but... Nobody's really talking about how hard it is on them to to keep doing that stuff, always being present, always being there for the team and for the investors and being, you know, uh, on doing media um, pushes and, you know, all of this stuff is really draining emotionally. And, you know, what I try to promote is that we need to take care of ourselves. So one of the things that I say in every episode before I finish is, Entrepreneurship is a marathon, not a sprint. So take care of yourself every day. And I, it's something that I, I very firmly believe in. My background, uh, my education is in psychology. And I got into entrepreneurship about uh, seven years ago. And so the first almost seven years of my post-collegiate career was in education. So I spent a lot of time learning about people and social behavior and how they learn and especially around languages and uh, cross-cultural communications, things like that. And so um, it gave me a really good sense of how to understand myself when it comes to what I'm trying to do, especially in the entrepreneurial world. Um, and so I felt like now is a really important time to start coming out and talking about mental health, especially because people are extremely stressed out from this entire situation. And so basically the goal is, hey, we know you are an entrepreneur. We know that entrepreneurship is sorely needed and especially now. Um, but just take care of yourself. Like you need to learn how to take care of yourself. You need to establish daily routines that are meant to protect your mind and your body you need to learn about nutrition and diet and exercise and uh, psychology and, and things that you can do that just make you a happier person so that you can run this marathon. You can run this company for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and so really it's just about trying to help people expand their mind. Wow, that's, that's really great. So you said you started a company seven years ago, or you've been an entrepreneur for seven years. Um, mm. And you started recognizing that entrepreneurial journey and the need for, you know, the need for mental health uh, care or however you, how would you phrase that? Would you say mental health care? Would you say, I think Mark Metry says brain health. Um, self-care. Self-care. I think I think the term self-care is all-encompassing. I think the term mental health can be off-putting for some people just because they might feel ashamed. Like, oh, my mind isn't strong. I need to, you know, 
do this or that to like, yeah, I think, I think some people still have this macho identity that they need to just get rid of and realize that everybody needs help. Everybody yeah. has their own problems. Some people are uh, raised in a bad family and that causes problems for them as adults. Some people like myself, I had an amazing childhood. My parents were ever present and, and extremely judge free, judgment free, mm-hmm. always supportive and encouraging. I mean, I couldn't have asked for better parents. They're amazing people. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm not free of, of issues. Right. I'm, I'm like everybody else, you know, baggage yeah. that we, we carry with us along the way from the experiences we've had. So it's just about recognizing that and being honest with yourself. And hopefully there's someone that is willing to listen to you talk about your problems. It doesn't need to be a psychologist you pay for, but everybody needs a support network. Everybody. We're social. I I agree. I've been an entrepreneur for years and years, 20 years, something like that, uh, in multiple ventures, some of them mine and some of them for other people. And I've worked with uh, or advised at this point hundreds of hundreds of entrepreneurs in their startups and small businesses. I agree with you. I think one of the challenges of being a, of, of being an entrepreneur is that uh, or c- is coming into the knowledge that you may be good at the one thing, like the the one thing of, in your company, but you're but you're uh, um terrible in all sorts of things for the rest, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're great in the 20% that makes the rest of that makes the hundred percent happen in your business, but you're terrible in the 80% um, of the stuff. That's just the same old, same old for every business. I think a lot of entrepreneurs get tra- in that trap and instead try and do, a, do a lot of things, do everything and are unwilling to admit that they are just bad at uh, major parts of their business. Yeah, and I think that's okay as long as they learn to recognize that and find a way to understand how to resolve that issue by hiring someone that knows how to take care of it or by at least having spent time trying to figure out that part of the business and then hiring a person that they know, like that person has the hard skills that you can test to prove that they can do it better than you, then giving them a chance to, to do it will definitely help. Um, I think it goes, in my experience, to brain health or mental health as an entrepreneur because uh, entrepreneurs that take on a lot of stuff that they shouldn't, or anybody for that matter, if you you begin to take a lot of responsibility for things you're no good at and you don't like, you eventually cause problems for yourself and others. And uh, being able to, being able to lay down the, you know, some of that weight put it over there opens up the mind so I think to be able to think more clearly true the thing for me is I genuinely love every part of my business okay and I love learning about every part of my business and trying to do every part of the business with the goal of figuring out who's the best person to take this part over from me but at least by learning about it I become a better person because I've learned how to do something new. And I love this process of tinkering and challenging myself to learn different parts. Um, but then like for a specific example, I can't code, I can't read code, but I'm the project manager for my, my startup. I'm the UI UX developer. Um, I do the wireframes. I do the specking of the issues and the release plans and the milestones and the sprint planning. I do all of that stuff. and I, I love it. But you'll never see me code or read code. I'm a human language person. I could teach myself languages. It's actually quite easy. Uh, human languages I love. Computer languages I, I can't be bothered with. Um, mm. and then there's things like on the uh, operation side where my COO is really good with doing, uh, uh, like creating workflows that that work with each other and connect each other between the different departments and flowing data and all this. And like, if you asked me how to do that or to try, like, nah, sorry, go for it. Have fun. Do your thing. I'll see you in an hour or two, or like, I'll see you in a month or two. Just go do your thing. Um, but no, for me, I, I, I'm not interested in that. Um, because I love the product and I love the people. Mm-hmm. That's what excites me 
is is that cool so how um uh, you're in vietnam you were in china right yeah mainland china you said um yes sir how how why that's a that's a i was gonna come up with a better more eloquent (laughs) question (laughs) why is a pretty profound enough question do you want the short answer it's open-ended do you want the short answer or the long answer that's up to you whatever answer is better in your soul they're both good answers all right um so basically when i was 17 i knew that i didn't really want to live in america i never really felt like I belonged in America. I felt like there was something more calling me to, to experience, but I knew that I couldn't live outside of America if I didn't have a degree from an American university first, because apparently American university degrees hold a solid weight in countries around the world. Okay. So after I got my degree in psychology, I sold everything I had and boarded a one way plane to China. And I became an English teacher because as a psychology major, that was really all I could do. And that was fine because I, by then I had already taught myself German and Spanish. So I was no stranger to learning language. Um, and so I felt like I was in the prime place to understand how, uh, you know, I learned about neuro, uh, you know, the psychology of the brain and the chemis- uh, the chemicals and, um, you know, how memories form. And so I I understand a lot of that. And so it's quite easy to teach someone how to learn a language if you've taught yourself how to learn a language. And so I would spend my um, daytime teaching English. And then at night, I would teach myself Chinese. And so I'm kind of uh, I, I skirted around the why. Sorry, let me go back a little bit. That's okay. You're on the long path. Basically, I I knew that I didn't want to be in America, and I knew that I wanted to live somewhere else. At that moment, I didn't know where. Um, When I was in my first summer of college, I studied abroad in Salzburg, Austria, which is where the Sound of Music, Sound of Music, I think, was Mm. created. Yeah, and I did a. Does that bring you back? With I never actually music. saw it. Something like that. I, I never actually saw it. Sorry, but um, I stayed with the host family and I learned a little bit more German with them. And uh, I did. I learned about the politics of the European Union a bit and all that. And um, and I traveled around Europe. The next year, I went to Israel for two weeks and came back. Um, I went with my brother on a short trip. And then when I graduated, I went to China. I, in my senior year, I actually spent six months studying uh, 60 different countries. I, I made a spreadsheet and I wrote down all the different metrics that I was interested in understanding because I was planning on picking a place that I might stay for a very long time. So I wanted to understand what, you know, I like, what's the right country for me. I picked Japan, not China, to, to be fair. Um, because the, it was, no. So, so again, I wanted to go and be an English teacher. So I, I knew that Japan was a a clean country, modern society, peaceful. There's not much crime. There's a respect for American products and American culture. Um, and I loved anime and I love travel. And so I just, it seemed like it would be a good fit. Looking back on it, my understanding of Japan now, I am so glad I didn't live in Japan. I probably would have hated it. Anyways, that, that that's an aside. So I had applied to or I wanted to apply to a program to teach English with the Japanese government in a public school in Japan. But the deadline was two days away from when I first actually found out about this specific program. They were like, oh, yeah, just wait another year and apply then. And I was like, I am not spending another year in America. I am sorry. So I chose to go to China because it was next door. And I figured I'll get to Japan somehow from there. And I never went. But that's a different story. Um, So I ended up in China teaching English, uh, became fluent in Mandarin, and then moved down to southern China where I got into business um, because there's very few people who look like me and sound like them. So, uh, use that to my advantage and, and had a, an amazing 10 years. Wow. 
That's a great story. You must learn languages awesome. very quickly. Is that like your so? Thing? Yeah, I definitely think I have a an innate ability to learn language. I'll give you a quick example. There was a time in college when there was a job fair, and they this one year they had a program like a computer program, and this computer program had thirty languages loaded on it, and you were supposed to like tap on a random word or whatever. And then it would play a sentence from a language. And the goal was for you to guess that, that language, the name of the language. I had never heard of any of those languages and I got 28 out of 30, right? What? I completely wow. guessed every single one and I was right on 28 out of 30 times. Okay. So you have something you're, you're just kind of wired for the ability to understand languages it sounds like yeah and like if i'm if i'm in a random country or if i just hear people talking at random if i hear their accent i can tell you where they're from hmm. i mean that's that's mostly from traveling and like experiencing it but sure um or like i could look at people and i could be like okay this person's korean but this person's japanese this person's from indonesia but this person's from you know cambodia like i could also discern very easily the different countries that a person might be from just from the way that they appear Interesting. Well, this this yeah. is good. We have listeners all listeners and viewers all around the world. Uh, we have some cool. listeners uh, over in the Middle East. Uh, we've had I've had folks on from uh, New Zealand, Australia, Kiwis, uh, yeah, all these, eh? Malaysia, the Middle okay. East, the UK, maybe Ireland. Or, I don't know Canada. Maybe that doesn't U.S. Obviously, uh, you're the first person um, from Vietnam. Well, I am not quote from Vietnam. You know, what? I just happen to be living there. Don't split hairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a particularly so we we are we're we're on opposite ends of the world, which I I think is fascinating. I think it's absolutely fascinating that we can. Uh, talk like this and joke around i'm you're you're getting tired probably because you're in the no, i'm good man you're in the evening man I'm and good. i'm just Don't getting worry. going with too little sleep at 7 a.m i have so much energy i don't know how to use most of it so don't worry i'm good yeah <laughs> i look tired but i'm all right how so um <clears throat> how do you use your energy well, um, in the morning, so uh, when I first wake up, I meditate for 30 minutes, and that kind of sets the stage for the day. And then I'll do uh, joint mobilization, so it's like rotating your wrists and your ankles and like just mo mobilizing all the joints. And then I'll go and do an hour of high-intensity interval training. And later on in the day, I'll do... Uh, I, I, I'll do several walks, but in total between four and seven miles every day, I'll walk. Um, some days I'll do a second quick workout at the gym or like a bike ride for 30 to 60 minutes. Um, but yeah, generally I just try to move cause I'm, I'm fat. It's like, I'm trying really hard to get rid of this fat. Mm. I gained 50 pounds, which for a non-Americans is about 23 ish kilos. Um, over the last 13 years living in Asia. So I'm trying very desperately to get rid of it because I'm about to get married and I don't want to look shitty in my pictures. That is admirable. Yeah. Well, plus, you know, my fiance is a gym trainer, so <laughs> is, is, she's actually so, my, my trainer. So, oh, mm, I bet she is. Yeah. Is she your, so she's your accountability coach for, uh, fitness. Yeah, she does coach. not. She does not like it when I eat Indian food. <laughs> I mean, like, if I order Indian food, like, I'm not getting rice or uh, naan or anything like that. I'll just get like, you know, like the potato, like fried potatoes or like a fried vegetable. I don't eat meat or anything. I'm mostly vegan. So, um, so you this fried. Sorry. So you. So you. Um, that's my alarm that says it's 7.30. I don't know Sorry. why it's going off. Hi, honey. Oh, wait a second. She can't hear you. 
Oh, turn it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got my headphones on. Sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, so you've you've proven the point that just being being vegan does not make you healthy. Oh, I was fat before I went vegan. Did it help? Did it get, did it did it uh, help you? Did you head in the right direction? It helps. Time? Yeah, I'm losing weight. It's it's helpful a lot more for mental clarity mm-hmm. and for energy levels because when you eat meat, it actually messes with your blood. It kind of like uh, cloud cloudies up the blood, and it takes a lot of energy for you to process the meat because humans aren't really designed to eat meat the way we're eating it now. I can go into a little bit more the detail in a minute. Um, so, so right. If you look at most animals, they are plant eaters and they may encounter meat sometimes once a month, right? Humans before, we started uh, industrial scale farming of animals with cows and all that Mm -hmm. and these disgusting cages that they throw them in, things like that. Again, hunter gatherers, they subsisted mostly on nuts, seeds, berries. They subsisted on what they found. And if they were lucky, they found, you know, a deer or something and they'd kill it and then they'd all share it for like a week or two. But we never had this all-you-can-eat buffet of meat all day long every day. It's just not the way humans are designed. Yeah. And so, one, it's too many calories. So that's one of the reasons why we get heavy. But then because of the way that humans are are not taking care of the well-being of these animals, they're stuffing them full of hormones, injecting them with all sorts of garbage. And that stuff is getting into us because it gets stuck in their meat. So it's just, it's not real animal meat anymore. Um, so, so for me, part of it is this, uh, it's just not healthy. Another part is we can tell pretty clearly that they have their own languages, their own societies. If like you take a calf away from, from a cow mother, she'll grieve. These are real observable behaviors. Who the hell are we to take them away from each other, kill them and eat them? I'm sorry. It's just not right. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, I just I can't I can't see myself eating animals. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, I have. I've, I've never shared a screen on here before. But I'm gonna do it. What do you want to show me? I'm gonna show you something. It's relevant. Is this something that everybody else can see too? Um, yeah, but I don't know if it's gonna work right. All right, go for it. Um, oh boy. I know the the conversation around eating animals is a very heated debate for a lot of people. I try not to talk about it. I try to just live my life peacefully. Um, but you asked, so I figured I'd share. Well, uh, great, great point. Uh, so yeah, I think just as a, hold on, I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to open up preview in my Mac. I'm fumbling all around. I don't usually do this. I don't usually fumble around and make up stuff on the fly. Okay. So you said, you know, you, you try and live your life peace. Uh, peacefully uh, by not getting into things like that. And that's okay. Um, yeah. This cancel culture in your, in your country this day, these days is just insane. It's so I try to just keep too. my mouth shut. Um, uh, I haven't lived in America you, in 13 years. My whole adult life has been in Asia. So, all right. So here, here's, uh, I'm going to share this screen and then we can get okay. back to what you're saying. So let's, let's wrap this into here. Bow. Check that out. All right. So, Portion sizes. It's disgusting. Uh, uh, Available when they first came out versus what they are today. So a beer was something like, what, six, seven ounces in 1976. And now portion size beer, 40 ounces. 40 ounces? How the hell do you get 40 ounce beer? I don't know. I don't make the rules. Um, (sighs) I didn't make this infographic. 
I no, I know, I'm sure. took this infographic from a website and then put it on this screen. So hamburgers, about four ounces, which is a serving size. If you think of a serving size of meat on the package measured, it's four ounces of chicken, four ounces of you know beef or whatever, which is a manageable amount. However, when you stack, when you get it with six ounces or an eight ounce burger, and then you put two of them on there, that's when you run into an issue, you know, or soda for that matter, which, I mean, there's nothing redeem, there's no redeemable qualities in soda, but yeah, I don't drink it's soda. Ma- it's manageable at six ounces. It's much less manageable uh, when, you know, the maximum serving size is something like 35 ounces or 34 ounces. Yeah, it's sickening. It is. It's, it's not just that, but it's also in America, you have high fructose corn syrup. Right. Where like if you if you look at if you if you look at a product like Coca-Cola, for example, mm-hmm. if you look at one that's sold in America versus one that's sold in basically every other country I've been to and checked the labels on, which is I've been to almost 40 countries at this point. America is the only country that I've seen that actually has high fructose corn syrup. This company is not allowed to use that chemical in basically every other country in the world. So why the hell is it in America? Yeah, that's a good profit. What about uh, fish? Megan, what one of our listeners asks, source? what about fish and what do you use as a protein source? Because I'm trying to cut back my meat consumption as well. Sure. So uh, thanks for the question, Megan. I appreciate the inquiry. I don't eat fish because unfortunately a lot of fish uh, that comes from the ocean either has mercury in it I, I can't tell you what the exposure levels are on an average fish, but it's it's something that mercury builds up in your body. It never leaves. So if you eat enough fish over your lifetime, you could have permanent damage, and it's just not something that I'm willing to do to my body. Um, but on top of that, there's also microplastics in the ocean from all of the uh, landfills and, and all the dumps that these companies do. So these fish will actually eat the microplastics and then we eat the fish. So as far as I'm concerned, fish are no better than any of the other animals out there, whether or not they then have their own societies and things like that. I I can't speak to that. Um, but yeah, fish are nice to look at, but I wouldn't eat them. Um, as far as a protein source, I have uh, multiple protein sources, so I love to eat chickpeas and beans and quinoa. Uh, those are all three fantastic sources. Um, any kind of vegetable that you're going to eat, any kind of nut, they all have proteins. And so like one of the things I'll do in the morning is I'll have about 35 grams of um, – so I'll, I'll weigh it out. I don't know ounces. Sorry, guys. Um, I take 35 grams of almonds and 35 grams of cashews as the very first thing that I consume in the morning, along with about half a liter of water. And that's, it's about an hour after I wake up. And, uh, the reason I do that is the fats start to help you with burning fat, right? So you're having this fantastic source of, uh, you know, fats and there is some protein in it as well. The water helps make it go down, get your body digesting and all that. So, um, it is extremely possible to replace your meat uh, with other sources of protein. And there's other things like peas. You can get like pea protein powder. There's all sorts of non-meat source protein powders and things you can mix into drinks um, that will help you. There's a, a documentary that you might be interested in, Megan, called The Game Changers. And I think it's on Netflix. I don't know. I don't. I don't have Netflix. But I think it can be found there. And they talk a lot about how it is possible to be an athlete and be a vegan. And there's a lot of uh, people that they interview in the documentary that are like, I was uh, a pretty good athlete before being a vegan. And then after I became a vegan, my life completely transformed and I became an amazing athlete and I won like all these things. So um, I'm not sure if you're an athlete. I obviously am not, but I do exercise quite frequently and aggressively um, in order to stay healthy. So I think you might enjoy that. I think anybody would enjoy that. And I think everybody should be open-minded and, and watch that documentary. The Game Changers? Yeah. 
TheGameChangersMovie.com. Yeah. It is, you're right, it is on Netflix. <clears throat> Everything's on Netflix. Presented by James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jackie Chan, Lewis Hamilton, and others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this underscores, I mean, underscores something very, very interesting and important for our viewers. Um, this is called Coffee with Humans. We talk with people all around the world. And, oh, Megan's chiming in. She says, sweet, thank you. I have a small addiction to CrossFit. I know Megan, and I'm not certain that the addiction is small. Um, hence the L. Be careful with CrossFit. CrossFit is a dangerous drug. The first time I tried CrossFit, I threw up, so I never went back because it was way too oh, hard. You gotta, you gotta push past the first time. I throw up, so uh, here's what happens to me physiologically, uh, and then we'll get back into uh, what I was saying before for CrossFit uh, coffee with humans. So physiologically, for me, when my heart rate spikes, I tend to get. You know, like the feeling that I'm going to throw up. I never actually throw up. Not once have I actually thrown anything up. I just sit there in the corner and dry heave and make everybody uncomfortable. But the that sounds horrific. It is pretty horrific. Uh, only because I don't like to throw up. But who does? But the um, people people who throw up all no, the time by putting their no, fingers. In, no, no. Okay. So the uh, the 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 thing that I've noticed is that. Uh, that happens right out of the gate when I'm first start working out. But then over time, my cardio just catches up and it's usually two weeks ish somewhere around there. And my body goes, Oh, that's what's happening. So what I can do is I can manage that. I, that I can manage, uh, my, my heart rate and that totally keeps it in check. It's total. It's just related to heart rate and, and output. Um, mm. Megan says, I don't throw up because I listen to my body signals and take breaks when needed. Good point, Megan. Uh, Megan so do I. Megan, you should uh, don't, don't forget to mobilize your joints before your CrossFit and do hard static stretches at night before you go to sleep. So your body has the chance to recover before the CrossFit uh, the next day, if you do it every day, which I assume you probably do. She, she probably does. I have it on good authority that Megan works out every day. I think it's okay. Nope. There's nothing wrong with working out six no, days a week. not at all. Seven, just seven work, days a week is work into probably it. not good. You should work into it. it and give yourself rest. Take a break. So this, this, uh, this game changers thing, which is, I think, interesting. And then, you know, you're, you're vegan, uh, ish, um, or veg, not really, kind of, ish, um, ish. ish. More vegan than not. If there was, if there was a meter, a vegan meter, You'd be, I eat eggs. You'd you'd be you'd be kind of over eh, over here, but this is important. It's an important topic because around the world we tend to have a myopic view of whatever whatever we're living in, whatever situation we are in. We tend to think that that's normal. That's what everybody has, and it's simply not true. There are different cultures around the world experiencing completely different things, sometimes exact opposite things that we are experiencing uh, in our culture and raising an awareness for each other is important because the, the, uh, the world is a big place. And like you said, Sean, you know, you've been to 40 countries, you've experienced a lot of different cultures. You have trained yourself uh, or habitualized yourself into eating a certain way. Whereas some other folks have habitualized themselves into eating a completely different way. Uh, and having, uh, increasing our awareness of that, I think, offers us the ability to change and to do things that maybe work better. And also understand that maybe some things that we grew up on just don't make sense, uh, for us physiologically. Oh, yeah. Um, and, but they were what we grew up on and okay, no harm, no foul. You know, it's just not it's just not best for us. For instance, you asked before the broadcast if this was coffee. I said I would answer you. And something's gone horribly wrong with my coffee today. I used instant coffee, hazelnut instant coffee, no less, with Ew. 
you guessed it, club soda. And it turned into this foamy mess, which is actually surprisingly delicious. Uh, and it's, oh, and I should say it is lukewarm club soda. Ew. So it's lukewarm, lukewarm, foamy, instant coffee. If I drink coffee, it's normally cold brew. I just find it's a nice, clean kind of an experience. Do you make your own cold brew or you buy it someplace? I buy it downstairs. There's a, I mean, hell, I'm in Vietnam. Like there's a coffee shop. There's five coffee shops in every corner. Yeah. How do they make their coffee typically in Vietnam? There is a, there's a special Strong. Way. Yeah. Strong enough to make you jitter. Right. That's how they, if, if it doesn't make you just like, you know, almost have an epilepsy, like there's no point to drink it. What's the, uh, um, not an epilepsy. Sorry. If you're strong enough to have a seizure, if you don't, if you're not like getting ready to seize up, then like it's not worth drinking. Viet- Vietnamese iced coffee. Oh, it's so good. Also known, but it's as, dangerous. How do you pronounce it? Cafe soda. Cafe da. Cafe soda. Cafe soda. Oh, Megan. <laughs> Megan's coming. I would swinging. have to say I. Uh, I don't think I've had Thai coffee. Oh, all right. So this isn't a fair fight. Because I like Thai tea. And I like Indian masala tea. I don't know. Sorry. I'm I'm, I'm a a tea person more than a coffee person. But if I had to have coffee, it would be cold brew. So Vietnamese iced coffee. Here's... I'm... uh, Okay. This is not... There's nothing healthy about this. This is condensed milk. Water... I don't drink it. Condensed milk, iced, dark roast coffee. All of which sounds delicious. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Robusta. So they, they use Robusta in Vietnam. And okay. Robusta typically has two times the amount of caffeine of the Arabica coffee, which is a bit more well-known in the West. I think Starbucks uh, is is a connoisseur of uh, Arabica and their blends. Hmm. But, but yeah, no, Vietnamese culture is not healthy at all. There, There's nothing healthy about it. Interesting. Except for, you know, the, the soup. Pho. Pho? Oh. Mm. I do love me some pho. Yeah. But, you know, normally it accompanies beef or chicken or something like that. So I just leave it alone. Mm. Yeah. I, I think it would be, it would be interesting to experiment with different types of coffee. He, even on the show, uh, to, to pull them out because sometimes I'm I usually have a mocha pot, a little Italian mocha pot, and then I make a little mm. espresso, and then I drink mm. three of them in here. God, well, so I'm from Miami, and you know they've got cafecita and and all that express uh, Cuban espresso. So I remember when I was younger and my dad had a Zenel office, he used to have some employees that were Cuban. So he would have an espresso maker and he would go around and, and he would make espresso several times a day and he would put four teaspoons of sugar in it for like a cup that was this big so that you could have, you know, five little cups for people to drink. And he'd yeah. go around the office and ask people, you know, do you want some? They're like, oh, my God, doctor, thank you. Like, you know, I need this so badly. And it's just a sugar, a sugar rush, really. Right. And um well, that answer is why you uh, started off on a, a non-healthy, a non-healthy eating kick. Uh, oh, my family have a horrible, horrible eating habits. Yes, I. But I was I was thin until I was twenty six. Yeah, well, I was catches thin. Up I don't know who I, I know. heard this from. It could be totally wrong. And if there's a nutritionist or somebody who thinks they know, feel free to chime in. I had heard that the basically your eating habits today are going to catch up with you a decade from now because you're programming or maybe seven to 10 years from now because you're programming mm. your body at that point in time to begin responding in a certain way. And then the effects of that are felt later in life. 
This is also true in the opposite way. So you're on a fat loss thing. I just, uh, there was a Netflix show. I love, I love documentaries. I love learning about things. I just go hard when I learn something new. Here's, here's a, here's a fun thing. Uh, carbon dating. Um, well, not carbon dating, but they, uh, so there's, there's the, um, no, but dating based on, um, oh shoot. Now it's early. Uh, you know, uh, nuclear, nuclear bombs. So when they started setting off nuclear bombs around the world, right, the amount of, um, carbon 14 or whatever, uh, I'm getting this wrong. I understand. But, right. I know what you're talking about. There's a, there's a particular type of, uh, shoot. Now I sound like an idiot. Um, there's a particular element that is created in a nuclear blast. And so you can calculate, you can actually see it. They've, they've, they've measured it and there was this huge spike and then it goes down slowly and you can, and they've right. figured out how to measure things, um, right. uh, measure the content of that, right. In any there's cell a problem with it too. Well, so, so basically yeah. every human has it in their body. And if we stop exploding nuclear bombs, we'll lose the ability to carbon date because the half-life will cause it to stop. Yeah. So here's, I, I, yeah, totally. Um, the interesting thing that I was, uh, looking at was there was a scientist who asked the question when people lose weight, when they lose fat, do they lose the fat cells? And nobody had ever known. They never knew. And what they, what they looked at was that using, using this, you know, the nuclear bomb blasts, uh, and this measurement of this particular element in our bodies, they found that people who had lost weight, let's say you lost 50 pounds, they had the same concentration of this element in their body because your body will decrease the size of the fat cells but it does not remove them from the body it will over time yeah. it takes um, like 10 years for the fat cells to die off every because every, they have yeah, to be something empty. like every seven years your body is refreshing itself uh it the cells because right. it, it, it holds on it holds on to the fat cells in the chance that it needs them again because it's right. easier to to have them empty and not need them than to get rid of them and then build them up again yeah so so this this works both ways. So whatever you're putting on today is is gonna is gonna bear fruit. It's easier to pack on the fat, right? Because you've got those cells. Your body created the cells. You'll see the results of those seven to ten years from now. And then when you take off fat, you will find it easier to put on fat for seven to ten years. And then and then your I'm body to so interesting stuff. My fiance tells me all sorts of shit like this too. Oh man. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> she's such a nerd. I mean, I, I, I say it in the most in loving way because I'm, yeah. I'm also like that. I'm constantly learning about things all day, every day. And sometimes yeah. I annoy her with what I've learned. And sometimes she annoys me with, with what she's learned. But in essence, we, we love each other and we, you know, it's, it's all interesting information. Well, that's good. Yeah. Hmm. She, so what I mean by annoy is like, I'm up at five in the morning and I'm reading by, you know, six o'clock and she's not ready to think until nine. So mm -hmm. I'll just be like, Oh, guess what I just learned. And she'd be like, ah, go away. Leave me alone. <laughs> so she doesn't want to hear about it when I'm ready to talk about it. And then she comes home from work and she wants to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Let's go to sleep. Like I don't want to think about it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this thing goes on for an hour, right? I was like, yeah, it'd be nice to stay on longer, but like, I don't know if it like just cuts us off. Like, oh, time's up. Okay, not, bye. It does not cut us okay. off. No, just life cuts cool. us off because we can't go on forever. And see, that was... That sounds so... I know, right? I, that was both... You, uh, you got me. In the short term, we can't go on forever, and long term, Sean doesn't go on forever. Jeez. The pressure of time leads us to the opportunity for clarity. <laughs> True. Oh, man. Wisdom bombs. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah. So are you staying in Vietnam for a long time? Well, the borders are closed, so I can't really go anywhere. Yeah, right. 
That's true. But over the <laughs> long term, let's let's move out for the short term. What do you what what are your plans? Because uh, you're not alone in this idea well, that you know the one like one country isn't for you, and arguably, country lines are all just made up anyhow. So uh, why not? No, want to I move? think passports are. I think passports are a huge waste of time and energy. I think there's a lot of problems with the world. I won't waste anyone's time with my rambling, but I totally agree with you on that. Um, I, one thing I think was very interesting, I think it was Scott Kelly who said it. I can't remember. The um, astronaut? Yeah. When you're, when you're on the International Space Station and you're looking down at the planet, you don't see borders. You just see green and blue. You just see land and the absence of land. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, extrapolating. I'm, I'm not quoting mm-hmm. him word for word. It may not even have been him. So feel free to correct me. But, but essentially, when, when astronauts go up into space, they stop feeling this cult. They, they stop feeling like it's America versus Russia or China versus you know, America or whatever it is, they just feel like humans and they feel like we need to sort our things out and just figure out how to not destroy what we have. Hmm. And it's, as you're saying before with clarity, I think more people like, I I think there should be like a, a live stream of the earth and just like everybody needs to spend an hour watching this live stream every day before like they go do anything else of of the planet like from the outside looking in yeah like from from this the international space station cameras like they should just be able this they need to just watch the planet spin to get a sense of just how small and insignificant each individual one of us is i mean if you think about it the planet is a grain of sand in a universe that is of nearly incalculable size mostly because we just can't see all of it (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah no that makes sense yeah humans a a lot of people never uh, a lot of people never see that um that's the problem with humanity people are too busy with the stuff that they can see and taste and you know that's what the five senses are for I can experience it and therefore it has value to me in some way. So here's, here's something interesting. I don't know what, what's going on here. Um, this is the current live stream on NASA.gov of the ISS. So I think it, it might be on the other, it might be in the dark side. That's possible. Well, I think it rotate. Uh, it it does uh, one. It does one revolution around the Earth in ninety minutes. I think ninety minutes. Yep. So, I guess if you have a live feed, why don't you scroll back and see how many minutes ago you could see the sun, and from there we could determine how many more minutes until we can see the sun again. Because it won't. It won't let me. This is just. This is the whole. That's oh, not the whole stream. It's not you. It's sure. not YouTube. Surely it's YouTube. YouTube. 433, oh, 436 wow. people watching right now. 438. There's a little ticker. But 200 and almost 250 million views, though. So, yeah. you know, it's not bad. But I think YouTube has their own. I think they have a stream on YouTube as well. And I, you could definitely move yeah. that I'm, marker they there. Do. I just I just went to grab NASA. Oh, actually, like in the lower right-hand corner, you can start seeing it. Oh, snap. We're coming into... This is uh, this looks like it's forward looking. There it is. It's the sunrise. Hey everybody, we're seeing the sunrise from the International Space Station in the lower right as the ISS is moving around the planet. We we should have some music on this. I, I, I feel like we should have uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey, A Space Odyssey's opening soundtrack for this. Yeah. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna get hit with. Uh, they're they're not gonna like this at all. Um, Who's not gonna like it? Oh, I guess because you're streaming on Facebook. 
Facebook, yeah. YouTube, and LinkedIn. That's fine. I don't care. It's, I bet that might that might be. Um, I wonder if. Oh, check that out, everybody. We should. We need to. We need to. Yeah. We need to watch this. This I, is good. I just I just got a notification on my phone, and I just realized I have something really funny you might want to see. So essentially, yeah. uh, what I do to protect my eyes at night is I have a function called bedtime mode. And what it does is it puts my phone on black and white. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... You know, people complain about uh, their eyes and, you know, sleep being messed up because of the presence of this uh, blue light. Mm-hmm. So I figured if I have no colors, then surely it won't affect my brain, right? <laughs> That's kind of coming up quite fast, actually. What's this? This is the mute. This is the uh, audio from the space station. Hmm. It'll it'll drop in. They're they're kind of talking to each other right now. Okay. Okay. I can hear myself in your. Oh, you probably can't hear yourself. Hold on, I'll fix that. Or maybe I won't. Come in. Come in. Or not. Or not. There it is. The space station. And yeah, you will be able to hear yourself. Uh, you'll probably hear a little bit of an echo for yourself. That's fine, That's as, long as, as long as it doesn't, doesn't affect, affect anything, anything else. else. Like if nobody else can hear it. We'll see if I get flagged for copyright. Let's hope not. not. It's crazy how much money they put into that. What? The timing on that? Holy moly. I didn't even mean to put that on there at that time. Wow. We've just made everybody's day. That's it. Song's over. That was it. It's done. That's, that's, uh, oh, well, that was a great, that was a great, uh, beginning to Tuesday for me. Probably great ending for Tuesday for you. Yeah. Pretty good ending. My fiance just walked in. She's like, I think I have a fever. I'm like, all right, come here. And she's like, nope, close the door. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't going to get your head. Uh, on the live stream. I wanted to, and she's like, yeah, no. Oh, that's all right. Well, sir. There's other yeah. videos of the planet that are better where, like, you can actually see down. Um, yeah. This is a little bit different, so it doesn't get the same effect, unfortunately. That's true. That's Yeah, that's true. But 
it was an epic it was an epic sunrise on the with John Williams uh music. I'm gonna remember right. that. Well we are life. we're at the end of we're at the end of the uh allowable time for our viewers and listeners on Coffee with Humans. This has been fun, Sean. Yeah. This is great. Um, fun for me. Thank you so much Thanks. for joining me. I would probably normally never do this with anybody else. I mean, not live, at least. So um, it's it's pretty unique. Yeah, definitely. I think you kind of just because like normally there's an agenda like uh, we're going to talk about a topic or again, someone's going to interview you. And uh, yeah. this is kind of just like, hey, let's, let's see what happens. I've been I've been trying to do that with my podcast a little bit more where I um, like I used to prepare and have questions. And now I'm like, hey, this is the theme. But like, let's just see what happens. And um, but I, but I'm still like more directing it slightly. Uh, but this was this was cool because I'm used to being like on the other side. Oh, you got a dog. Abby. Oh, that's cute. Abby wants to say hello. Hello, Abby. Oh, that's the name of my fiance. Really? So you have. Yeah. So it's also the name of my son's girlfriend. So there's Abby the dog, and then there's Abby the human. Can hey, just cute. I'm gonna talk to my daughter and tell her to go take care of Abby the dog. Fair enough. Take care of Abby the dog. There we go. See, that was not effective. She's a teenager. No. Um, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Coffee with humans. We talk about anything. The only rule is no sales calls. It's really just the opportunity for people to uh, get to know each other and make the world a better place. What comes of that is unknown. Other than I think that people can make the world a better place if they uh, choose to. So that's what I'm out for, man. Well, if if Megan lessens her meat consumption then I think I've succeeded in my hour. All right. Well, there we go. <laughs> well, uh, this has been Coffee with Humans. Sean, stick around for just a second. We're going to uh, roll the ending video for all of our listeners, uh, and I'll chat with you in just a minute. Yep. Thanks for being on. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.